Price for Tuesday, July 11th, 2023. Coming to you from the Go Goat Sports Studio, built by Arbor Lee here at the iconic Wall Center downtown Vancouver. If you're visiting Vancouver, you got people coming to town, might we suggest the Western Wall Center YVR? You get some heavenly rest in those plush beds, plus uh, easy access to here in downtown. Matt Sakaris, alongside Blake Price, Grace Asset and Switches, conducting things this show. Presentation of the Applewood Auto Group, which is proud to be a leader in community giving. Applewood's mission is to make things better for our communities and the people that we work with every day, whether providing resources for education kids or sponsoring local events. Applewood Auto Group stands behind its mission of creating lasting change in our community. Get the best-in-class experience only the Applewood Auto Group can deliver because, Blake... It is all good at Applewood. And we'll be at their performance center tomorrow in Langley. So looking forward to that. How things go here over the weekend? Fabulous. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah good. Got a little bit of news with mm-hmm. the Hoaglander signing. And uh, yeah, it was good. Very good. Yeah. Thanks to Jeff for sitting on in for me over the last couple of days. And uh, you will hear Jeff on today's podcast because he did an interview with Brooke Henderson yesterday out mm-hmm. at Chaucey. You guys were out there for Media Day and announced yeah. the CPKC Women's Open. Yeah, and I, uh, it was my first time playing <laughs> in the full 18 at Chaucey. And, um, Not the easiest course, I hear. Yeah, that was my worst round of golf <laughs> in the couple of decades. Well, Blake, here's the thing. Mm. You can at least tell everybody, well, but they had it set for tournament conditions. Professional. Well, we're, we're still like six <laughs> weeks away. I'd like to blame it on that. Seven weeks away from their tournament. Um, I, I wish I could blame it on that. Yeah. Really do. Bodog poll question today. We're asking you, will the Canucks be able to trade a winger before training camp? Yes or no? You can vote at Sikharson Price on Twitter. Bodog, your source, free casino games, poker strategy, and sports odds. And Bodog, line of the day for me. Well, big one tomorrow for the Caps at BC Place. Need a win after that heartbreaker against Seattle Saturday. They're minus 140 to beat Austin FC on your Bodog line of the day. Well, let's use this opportunity then to uh, say that they will be um, more fortified. A lot of players coming back from injury and assignments. Um, and Andres Kubis just signing a new designated player contract. He's extended through 2026 with the club option for 2027. Mm, so good. big news uh, for the Whitecaps there. Yeah. And he's been good for them. And, of course, Ali Ahmed, mm-hmm. who we'll have later on the on the show. I certainly think that Canucks would be interested in trading a winger before training camp. That is the one area of the organization where there is some surplus. I think they'd love to be able to get a third-line center or a top-four defenseman. Now, it is very difficult to trade a middle-six winger, particularly an expensive one, and be able to recoup that profile. I think it's two different transactions. It's two different transactions. It may have to be. Yeah. It may have to be getting the winger out of here and clearing the deck salary wise to be able to add that centerman or that defenseman. Now, mm-hmm. there isn't a ton of availability on the free agent market, although there are some tidbits still out there Pius Suter and the center and Matt Dumba. On I, think, defense, I think you're but, probably taking somebody's overpaid third line center. It'd be your way to get a third line center. Create the cap space by getting rid of, rid of a winger mm-hmm. and then get the same price point yeah. third line center that's a little overpaid. 
I voted no just because they've been trying to vote. It's a lot to happen, yeah. For a long time here and and haven't been able to. Uh, More on the situation on the wing later here in the welcome mat after Nils Hoaglander signs his extension. Speaking of, that was the Bodog poll question yesterday. Where, Where will Hoaglander be on opening night? The options were in the lineup. On the roster which is basically a healthy scratch in Abbotsford or with another organization. We had 1,700 votes on this, Blake Price. Which won the poll? I think lineup won the poll. Indeed it did. Percentage? 55. 60. Just shy of. 21% have them on the roster. 15% have them in Abbotsford. 4%... In another organization. I voted roster because I think that's sort of the middle ground. Yes. Basically, if you're, if the Vancouver Canucks have one injury, let's say, I think Hoaglander makes the team out of camp. He may make the team regardless out of camp. But of course, the clock ticking on that waiver exemption plays two more games, and then suddenly you can't send him down without him passing through waivers. So, They have to be quite judicious in terms of the next time they put Niels Hoaglander into an NHL lineup. Well, again, I think they they drop him into the lineup. I don't think they want him in the lineup on opening night because there's so many nerves and things that are bundled into opening night in the National Hockey League. So you drop him into game three, see how he Mm -hmm. performs in game number three, and then you make your educated decision on what to do with him next. Yeah, because the way I see it, and again, much can change here, Kuzmenko Besser... Bovillier Mikheyev, Garland Joshua, Pud Colson, Di Giuseppe. I see those guys as the eight wingers who will dress on opening night. I'm presuming Tanner Pearson is not going to be healthy enough to go on opening night. Could be completely wrong there. That's if Pearson is still here. Mm-hmm. But I would suspect that those will be your eight wingers if everybody's healthy. So when I say one injury away, yeah. One injury away. And and who knows, you know, Stanika, McDonough, somebody could make a bid in training camp, much like Nils did a couple of years ago Interest- when he made the club. Interesting on YouTube, Abbotsford was the second yeah. highest option. Which which I- you can completely see as well, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. I mean, what you know, send him down, get him some time to start, let him mm-hmm. dominate, and then you give him the callback. Because once he's coming back up, he's not going back down, right? Right. He, well, he can't. Some of the comments we received on this poll, Aaliyah says 100% believe he will start with Vancouver in the top six. That's a lot of confidence, Aaliyah. Cord says, love Hoggy. Best part about Tockett being the net, the new head coach is Hoaglander is getting to have a real role. Remains to be seen, Cord. Better play the defensive side of the puck. Boyle says Hoaglander always impresses in training camp. Yep. Fair enough. Mr. Training Camp. Now, when your motor's running in drills, it's easy to stand <laughs> up, right? Mm-hmm. And right. he does have the motor. He's 32 and 45 in Abbotsford last year. Mm-hmm. So there is a bit more, I think, seasoning that could happen there. Mm-hmm. Fed Up Connect says, not a believer in hogs or pods, to be quite frank. They both have a lot to prove. Hog just has no finish, and he's small. And then Kempner says, in my opinion, in order for Hoaglander to be playing for Vancouver on opening night, they would need to trade one or two of these players, Bovillier, Garland, Pudkolson, Besser, 
Tanner Pearson would need to be on LTIR. So, yes, the roster and lineup gymnastics for opening night have begun, Blake. Yeah. Yeah, unless they unless they create space, um, <laughs> they are in a bit of a pickle, to use their own terminology. <laughs> My favorite thing as the season approaches is everyone's putting their depth charts and line combinations right. together. Of course. And just, you know, everyone's chiming in. How do you have this guy with this player? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You know hockey's back when. Absolutely. Uh Baseball last night, and we should mention that the uh, all-star break going here in Major League Baseball, the all-star game and festivities down in Seattle. The Vancouver Canadians are back here at home on Friday. It's a 7 o'clock start against Eugene. An itty-bitty little weekend set here against the Emeralds, and then the Seas are back for a longer homestand later in the month. But Saturday, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, the first two 7.05 starts, and of course, A&W Family Fun Sunday at 1 p.m. at Nat Bailey. And a guy who, well, we never saw him as a Vancouver Canadian. He was just too advanced. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. wins the home run derby last night, uh, following in the footsteps, of course, of his Hall of Fame father, who once upon a time won a home run derby. They are the first father and son combo to win the home run derby. Did you see the graphic they put up in his interview after winning the Derby? The second Cuban-born home run champion after Cepetis. Here's the only problem. Not Cuban. No. Born in Montreal to Dominican parents. Yeah. Weird. Very weird. ESPN. How do you get that the right? Worldwide how did, how did leader. He, the cut city ESPN is showing up already here. Come mm-hmm. on, man. <laughs> Like, his dad was one of the great Dominican players of all time. Yeah. Yeah. So weird. How does that get passed? No. Hey. And should note, two BC players drafted here in the first 10 rounds of the Major League Baseball draft. Victoria Sam Shaw, a shortstop from Lambrick Park Secondary, went to the Toronto Blue Jays in the ninth round, and then left-handed pitcher Matt Wilkinson, who's a collegian. Went in round 10 to Cleveland. We'll be talking with Sam Shaw on tomorrow's program. Great to see the BC Premier League back and represented at the Major League Baseball draft. Before we go into today's menu and golf report, a couple of shout outs from the weekend, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Our friend and longtime Sakarison Price listener, Todd Tweedy who's the head professional at Inkamit Canyon Desert Course. Uh, I finally got a chance to play Inkamit, although we were in Penticton, and Mm -hmm. one of my regular golf partners up there. So let's go to Inkamit if you've never played. Uh, So shout out and thanks to Todd, who's informed me, Matt, Saturday's my day off, so we'll have to meet you at Inkamit today (laughs) at Golf Professional. They work hard there, so thanks to everyone at Inkamit. And then our friend and collaborator, Mike Coghill, of Yellow Dog Neighborhood Workshop and Foolish Wine, and I got a chance to stop by oh. uh, the District Wine Village in Oliver really for fun. the what first time. Oh my is. God, yeah. is Isn't it, it fun! Awesome. Mm-hmm. So much fun! Yeah, bought a uh, bottle of Foolish to bring back to the ladies. That was uh, well received. Didn't last long, uh, but Neighborhood's got a spot there, so does Workshop. Anyways, Coghill. With an ace at Tobiano. No kidding. Number 15, 148 yards out. And 
Not only an ace, an ace that his whole group saw and that the group in front of him all saw. So I hear it was a pretty big tab to buy the round for Coghill in the clubhouse post-round. And I heard he stepped to the plate, yeah. but of course... I'm sure that broke him up, buying a round for everybody. Well, yeah. you know, if you know Mike Coghill, buying yeah. rounds of beer, yeah. for, that's kind of what he yeah. does. Yeah, it's a day that ends in Y, so... <laughs> Um, but so congratulations he's, he's also to cheating because he's half he's half android now with his new That's ankle. true. He's got a bionic leg there. Yeah. Uh, anyways, well done to Mike Coghill on the ace. Let's get to today's menu. It's brought to you by De Dutch, De Breakfast, De Brunch, De Lunch. Get it all at De Dutch. We got the golf report coming up here. Jeff Patterson in conversation with Brooke Henderson, who was out there at Shaughnessy yesterday and wouldn't it be a story if she could follow nick taylor and we have two canadian up, yeah. winners of the canadian opens this year she's, of course brooke she, has already won one she's honestly just a ray of sunshine she, like, is. she like her her smile lights up a room she's she's uh she's wonderful and uh has had a lot of success here in this part of the world yeah the tournaments in portland her LPGA championship at Sahali. So West Coast golf. She holds a lot of uh, um, fond memories about uh, because she played here uh, right after she won in Portland as a teenager and mm-hmm. uh, was in the middle of appealing to the LPGA to become a full-time member. Right. She, had to, she had to apply because she was under 18. <laughs> you had to apply for a special exemption to be a full-time player. Wise decision by the LPGA. Yeah, yeah I think she yeah. can play a little, huh? Yeah. Patrick Johnson will stop by our Tuesday regular from the province and post media. We'll talk Niels Hoaglander with him. Tyler Myers also comes up. Ian Cole and the number change. And good on Ian Cole, must be said. You know, that when the appropriate information uh, got to him. No. Absolutely. When the appropriate information got to him, yeah, absolutely, I can change my number. We'll leave Luke Bourdon as the... As, as, um, as Jeff pointed out, though, Guess what Carson Soucy wore last year? 28. Oh, did he really? Yeah. So, like, there's. So, both are going to new numbers. Yeah. Exactly. And of course, Bluger is with 53. Yeah, now. exactly. It was yeah. all controversy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to some hashtags, the best and worst of Twitter. Otani in Seattle? Question mark? Shoulder shrug. Ali Ahmed, Caps midfielder. And boy, what a year for him. Mm-hmm. to be as productive as he has been for the Caps. And he's been one of the reasons why Vancouver has been as competitive as it has been this year. He's really taken a step up this year and helped them in the midfield to getting called up to Canada in his first international duty to that terrifying concussion that he suffered at Starlight Stadium in Langford in the Canadian Championship Series. We discuss it all with Ali as the Caps head into a, well, a busy week here. Tomorrow against Austin, Saturday at home against LA Galaxy, and then as we have talked about, a whole lot of road matches coming up, although they do have a a cup, a tournament here. Yeah, League's Cup. To engage them, which includes a home match. No matter what you're buying, folks, when you're out in the world looking for this, that, and the other, I think you want to support businesses that you feel good about supporting. You can feel good about supporting the Applewood Auto Group. Uh, They've made the car business and communities around them a whole lot better with their work in the community. 
Go and find out why it is indeed all good at Applewood. Visit them online anytime at Applewood.ca. Now let's get to the golf report. It's brought to you by the Arnold Palmer Design Whistler Golf Club. You know that it's a fantastic track, and we've been telling you about all those client and buddy outings where you, the organizer, plays for free if you have a group of 12 or more. But the also home Whistler Golf Club is of the Nike Pro Shop, featuring exclusive footwear, apparel worn by Tiger, Rory, Brooks, Scotty Nelly, and more. Not only that, it's home of the Palmer's Gallery. Bar and Grill, featuring one of Whistler's top 10 patios. For more information or to book a tea time, visit whistlergolf.com. Here's Jeff Patterson in conversation with Brooke Henderson and uh, started with a question about her winning the first event of the year. Definitely the dream start. Like I said, uh, started off the season with a win. Um, I feel like the schedule right away, they're winning a lot of tournaments back-to-back, so it was kind of like a lot of breaks, kind of slow moving. Uh, not using that as an excuse, but maybe a little bit. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it just hasn't been, you know, quite as sharp as I would like it. Um, but I feel like the last few weeks and the last couple months, it really started to see some good results and maybe not all four rounds um, as good as I want them, but, you know, there's definitely hints uh, of being right back, so that's really exciting. And, you know, I mentioned the two major finishes, T15 at KPMG and then 12th uh, yesterday at the U.S. Women's Open. So solid finishes and, you know, the players out there are really good, so you have to play your best. And I feel like I'm just trying to, you know, make small improvements all the time and, you know, hopefully by the time this tournament comes, I'll be ready. One other question about the, the schedule leading up to this tournament. you got four events in Europe, including two majors. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about the prospect of playing five weeks in a row? Do you, do you think that fatigue will be a factor? And- um, yeah, so I'm... I'm playing this week in Ohio, so I'm taking the red eye out tonight. Um, So that'll be U.S. Women's Open, Ohio. Um, And then I'm playing Dow with Lexi Thompson. Then playing Evian. So that's four weeks in a row, but then I'm taking one week off before the British. Um, And then I'll come here, uh, back to Canada, the week prior to the CP Women's Open, um, to Ontario, and then fly out. So I will have a little bit of break. I decided to take a couple tournaments off just to kind of give my body some rest. Um to get ready for this week because it's always a huge week and uh, a lot of attention and uh, a lot of you know extra demand so just trying to get the body ready when you won at Sahali obviously you don't get to defend on the same golf course but going back to Evian uh, how excited are you to go back and try to defend on a course you won on last year uh yeah you know that win was so exciting uh, to get my second major championship after six years you know it had been a little while so to, you know finally be a major champion again um, was an incredible feeling and that golf course uh, I mean last year I made it look sort of easy I guess minus 17 but it, it's pretty tough you know it's very slopey and you know anything can really happen out there but I feel like we have a solid game plan so hopefully uh, the course conditions allow us to play similar to, to last year and it'll be fun to have the opportunity to try to defend. You mentioned in there you don't know a whole lot about Shaughnessy I mean in some ways it's just another week on schedule obviously it's not but how do you go about charting your way around the first couple of days of uh, practice rounds and trying to get the lay of the land? Yeah, you know, so practice rounds are, are really key, and my sister, my caddy, she works really hard and making sure we, we get the lines and yardages, and then my dad is also my coach, and he'll be out uh, this for this event um, in a few weeks. So, you know, the three of us together, just trying to get a solid strategy together and, and try to, you know, play the course as well as I can play it. And so I love having both of those two around me. It's just lots of great support. And, you know, strategy for golf is huge. So it's 
Uh, hopefully we can come up with one pretty quickly. But, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we have three days to, you know, try to sort it out. And what about the Pacific Northwest? What is it with Portland and it. Seattle? And <laughs> I love it. Um, you know, I just find it so beautiful. I love the tall trees and just the feeling. You know, it's kind of chill atmosphere. I really like that. And um, maybe a little bit cooler weather, too. You know, I like being able to wear a sweater right now. <laughs> it's pretty nice. So, um you know, it's just great, and you know, having had those two previous wins in the in the Pacific Northwest uh, makes me really excited for us to come back here to Vancouver and uh, you know, hopefully add to that um, I guess streak. I guess. Have you had two in Portland? Yeah, two in Portland. And, and, one, in and one in Seattle. Yeah, yeah. How much easier has has all of this gotten? The media demands the. How much more comfortable are you? Yeah, I've definitely gotten a lot more used to it, uh, which is a good thing. Um, I feel like the CP Casey Women's Open week is probably the most attention I get all year, and so I have learned to kind of organize and strategize kind of how I go about that week to make sure that I'm still getting you know proper rest and proper practice time. Um, so. I think it's all been a learning curve, but uh, just trying to continue to learn and grow and, and, and get better in all areas of the game, you know, on and off the course. Happy Hour brought to you by Yellow Dog Brewing, Neighborhood Brewing, Workshop Spirits, and Yellow Dog has been brewing up a little surprise. Angry Otter Lager. It's a crisp, clean, and crushable lager enjoyed by dogs and otters alike. You can find this tasty brew at all Angry Otter locations. End of the workday. Treat yourself to a Yellow Dog neighborhood for a workshop spirit. Let's get into it. I don't know if it was malicious. Probably not. But I do know it was another WTF moment. My question to ownership would be, was it worth it? And the architect, and I use that term loosely, given there wasn't much architecture, more finger painting with this team. It's like the running of the bulls in Pamplona. You know someone is going to get hurt. That's what you all need to understand here, right now. Nils Hoaglander has a new two-year contract at NHL Money, and now we'll see if he's an NHL player. Certainly thought so two years ago when he took Canucks training camp by storm and made the club as a 19-year-old, but the past two campaigns have been difficult. Swedish winger backslid into the AHL to work on his defensive game. He ended last season with Abbotsford. Six points in six playoff games, 32 points in 45 regular season games. This season, on a deal that will pay him $1.1 million, the Canucks need Hoaglander or his fellow 2019 draftee, Vasily Podkolson, to step up and be a no-doubter in the NHL lineup. Podkolson ended last year up with the Canucks, but he saw Abbotsford as well. And that was partly due to Hoaglander's waiver eligibility. Once he plays two more NHL games, he needs to clear waivers to be sent back down. In other words, the next time Hoaglander plays an NHL game, he's got a stick as an NHL player. So it's much easier for the Canucks to keep him in Abbotsford until they deem him ready. And that means he needs to be better defensively. Separate Canucks coaching staffs have now deemed him not good enough on that side of the puck. And that's been the problem for other Canucks wingers as well. Look, we know Hoaglander can be a scrappy, tenacious player with some offensive skill. If he can be a trustworthy defender, then the Canucks should once again have a promising young winger that you can project on the depth chart for years to come. That's welcome out for today, and we invite your feedback. Feedback channels as follows on email, live at sakarisonprice.com. 
You can text 778-402-9680 to the Great Clips text message inbox. Great Clips, your local Great Clips, proudly Canadian-owned and operated. On Twitter, I'm at Sakaris, at Sakaris and Price. And the welcome at a presentation of Northlands Golf Course, Metro Vancouver's premier public golf course. Can't wait to get back out there on Thursday. You can book your tee time 90 days in advance. Join the loyalty program. Price your next round could be free. And check out that beautiful patio pre or post round for a drink or a nibble overlooking the golf course. Get all the details at golfnorthlands.com. So here's some price from Wall Center and a presentation of Applewood Auto Group. Applewood Auto Group is proud to be a leader in community giving. Applewood's mission is to make things better for our communities and the people that we work with every day. Whether providing resources for education kids or sponsoring local events, Applewood Auto Group stands behind its mission of creating lasting change in our community. Get the best in class experience. Only the Applewood Auto Group can deliver. Our Bodog poll question today, we're asking you, should the Canucks still trade a winger? Yes or no? You can vote at Sakaris and Price on Twitter. Bodog, your source for casino games, poker strategy, sports odds. Bodog, line of the day from me. You know, there's lots of drama around the Canadian women's soccer program right now as they head down under for the World Cup in just over a week, their first match. They're huge favorites to beat Nigeria. But as we saw with the men, distractions at a tournament like this don't help. Underperformance, maybe Nigeria gets a draw at plus 440 on your Bodog. There's no team with more distraction at the World Cup than Nigeria. They are, you think Canada's got a labor dispute. The Nigerians are on the verge of being sent home from the World Cup over labor. Like, Canada's labor dispute looks like micro next to Nigeria's labor dispute. So bet against me on your Bodog (laughs) line of the day. Patrick Johnson of the Province and Post Media stops by. How are you? Well, you got me thinking about standing outside Cameron's training session at uh, UBC in 2015, pondering how am I going to get these women to talk about the strike that nobody's talking about, but that yeah. they were on. Anyway, I'm well. It's nice out. You know, we're in summer <laughs> mode. Uh, answer me the Bodog poll question in light of Nils Hoaglander signing for a, a re-signing for a couple of years here. And, and then answer me where you think Hoaglander is going to start the season or Bodog poll from yesterday. Well, I mean, he's on an NHL deal, so isn't he going to be in the NHL? Um, Waiver exempt, of course. You can send him down to manipulate your roster and lineup as I, you wish for, yeah. to start no, the season. Yeah, one one more game, right? Is that what it was? Yeah, two, two, I think. I think yeah. Two yeah. more games. But, yeah, you look at the roster and you're just like, well, something's got to give because just, you know, as it is right as it stands right now, you got three extra forwards. And that's not counting Tanner Pearson. I mean, Sheldon Drys is probably going on waivers. Jack Stunica is probably going on waivers. Phil Giuseppe, I think they want to keep around. But, you know, there's this question about Tanner Pearson where, you know, obviously last week, uh, Patrick Alvin very positively speaking about it. You know, I think there's, what was it, Drager was, uh, not so sure. Is that what we said? Um, you know, but that's like right there. They've already overloaded. They've got a full extra line of guys. And you go into training camp with more guys than you need generally because somebody's going to get hurt and you're going to, you'd rather have more than less. Um, but yeah, they've got, they've got, you know, I mean, right as it stands, I mean, who, where does Connor Garland fit? Where does Brock Messer fit? Where does Vasily Podkolzin fit? Um, where does Anthony Bavillier fit? Where does, you know, the list goes on. 
Um, you know Dakota Joshua is going to be there because they love him. Um, and yeah, Hoaglander has been signed to a $1.1 million per season deal. Um, that is a essentially an NHL salary. I mean, that is a depth NHL salary. Um, someone's got to go. I just I have a hard time seeing them carrying on from here with that setup. It just seems too wild. Um, but I guess we'll see. Other teams are successfully getting rid of salary. Why? Yeah. You know, other teams are making a something for nothing trade just to get salary relief. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, are, are the Canucks assets that bad that they can't do that, or do you think they, they for some reason just don't want to? They just believe that their guys are worth something and we need something back. Well, I think they're just. I mean, I do think they they don't feel as much. I mean, they made the they made the space with OEL. I don't think they feel as much pressure. They spent it all. They're already but back. They spent the it all now. But <laughs> yeah. now we're back. Yeah, exactly. Now you know they are now. You know they basically are in LTI. Like they're going to yeah. have to figure something out. Um, and I, yeah, like that's what I said. Like there's just too much. Like it's not just there's smoke here. There's an actual fire. Mm-hmm. You know they're over the cap. They have to make some decisions. Um, and guys are going to have to, guys are going to, they're, they're going to have to make some other changes. So yeah, it's just the logic of the situation. You're exactly right. Other teams have moved out money. Like this is not, this is not, um, it's not like things aren't happening anymore. Um, well, the worry would be that they, the teams that were willing to take on that money, uh, they've sort of hit their quota on how much they were willing to do that. And there may not be many spots left. They, yeah. they may have run out of time is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, to borrow a phrase. Yeah. But, but yeah, but, you know, you still look. Like, there's still lots of teams out there that have Anaheim is, you know, Anaheim has loads of space. <laughs> like, they're under the floor, in fact. Um, you know, the, the Chicago, Arizona, Seattle. I mean, Seattle. Seattle has space. Nashville has space. Like, there's, there, there's are teams that out there was still with, a willingness to spend. I mean, Detroit went and added Alice to Prinkett and are still well under the cap. Yeah, so, and didn't give up much uh, in terms of NHL salary or NHL player even. Um, do you see yeah. um, Do you see an unlocking of this trade market anytime soon? I mean, there's still some really big, delicious names out there available in trade. And it would appear to me that, you know, unless one of these teams that we just talked about, like in Detroit, is going to step up and make a deal for one of these players without money going the other way. Yeah. You know, is it possible we see some blockbusters here? Like we did that one summer with Subban for Weber, just because you got to make hockey trades if no one can actually make cap additions of that order. Yeah, I mean, we still look at the top. You look at who's still available as a free agent. You got Patrick Kane, you got Tarasenko, Dumba. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, then you go down a tier or two to Bailey Tatar or Club Ball. You know, like there, mm-hmm. there, there's, there's guys that are there, and to me, it's those guys that are going to kind of set the rest. That that once those situations get resolved a little bit, um, the other teams are going to be okay. Well, we missed out on this guy. Maybe we can get that guy. Um, but yeah, I think there's still there's there mm-hmm. is room in the system for things to keep happening. I I don't think uh, I don't think it's going to be a quiet summer. There's a uh, there's a, an unbelievable amount of defensemen that are seemingly available. Um, no, they're not all the unicorn right shot defensemen, but yeah. are, are we surprised that that like decent defensemen are available? I guess everybody's got a price though. But I mean, the Pesci's and Carlson's, and I mean, even on the free agent market, as you mentioned with Dumba. But if you needed a defenseman, there are defensemen out there right now. 
Yeah, I, I am surprised that a guy like Matt Dumba is a right shot defenseman, and he's a pretty yeah. solid defenseman. I, I, I you know, I, and only only twenty eight, you know, but he was playing twenty one minutes a night last night. It's not like this guy has forgotten how to play hockey. Um, so a bit surprised that he hasn't landed anywhere. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like there are teams that are ready. Like <laughs> Carolina clearly is ready to do some stuff. Um, yeah, like I said, I think it's just about settling a little bit of the top end of that free agent market. That's just that that mm. to me seems like the simple logic of it all. Um, that that will start unlocking some stuff. What's your forecast for Tyler Myers? Well, I know you had a guest on the other day suggesting that they may have already paid it out uh, bonus there. Um, I'm not sure if that's the case. Certainly, the Canucks could. Um, it, in theory, I think it's one of these ones where, like, the the thing to recognize about this is the thing I've always sort of the way the Canucks have set up their bonuses. I guess is the way to put it. Is my my I I've always sort of assumed it's because well, all the season ticket money comes in over the summer, and then there's money in the bank, and you know, I mean, in the end, this has generally been a money out money in money out ownership group. Um, and so that's why the timing is there. I mean, I think, I, I as far as I know, you could go to the league and say, well, we'd like to pay this a bit earlier, and you either have to amend the contract or you simply, you know, as long as the bonus gets paid in the season that it's due, there's no, like, that's the cap. The cap is set that way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think... You know, certainly it sounds like, I mean, we know they've been trying to, they've been trying to trade him since almost the day this management group showed up. Um, they, they just decided this was just not a player that fit what they where they were going, uh, what they wanted to do. And certainly you can see now why they would do, I mean, we know they're, the, the cap again, I mean, they're, they're up against the cap again, and the logic is obviously already there. Uh, they would like to make some more space and change the makeup of this team. Um I, I'm still, I'm still in that. I'll believe it when I see it. Sort of mode that if they can actually find someone to take them. Um, By all accounts, like this Tony D'Angelo trade is still going to happen. They had to yeah. wait for that July eighth signpost to go by, right. but they have that agreed that trade agreed yeah. to in principle. Yeah. Chris Gear yesterday told us that hey, he wouldn't be surprised. They've got the same kind of deal with the, with Myers that the frameworks, yeah, tra- you know, there for the with the Sharks or whomever. Yeah. and the minute the clock strikes. Again, I still keep. I heard another reporter today say again September first. Who knows if it's the first or the fifteenth? Um, but whatever the day that it officially gets paid out, that the, the trade happens. Maybe yeah. maybe there's something done already. Yeah, and I think you know. I mean, I think that is more the, the more likelihood is that it's just yeah. There, there there is actually someone sitting there waiting for them to pay the money out, and then boom. that'll happen. And boom, yeah. And yeah. you know, let's not forget like training camp. Like September fifteenth normally would be like the beginning of training camp, but. Training camp's a little bit later this year for whatever Few days. reason. Yeah. Um, so it's so that's a you know in the end if that's if it's September fifteen or September one, um, either way that's still I mean it's slightly before training camp. Um, the human element is a bit more difficult because of course yep. you know he's got kid in school and all that kind of stuff. But this is the business. Um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. I mean, uh, uh, if anybody's up in Kelowna, maybe you should ask Tyler and see how he's doing, what he thinks. Was there a couple weeks ago? Actually, should have done it then. Yeah, my exactly. bad. Put me on Easton Oats. 
Uh, Ian Cole, I, I, I think we've got to happy resolution here on the number uh, with Luke Bordeaux and the fact that he is going to be moving on to a different number yeah. after being told the story. Mm. But um, avoidable for the Vancouver Canucks if this is properly administered and communicated. I mean, Fair? you could easily, yeah, and I think, you know, easily, there there was easily a scenario where he comes out of this wearing 28. Um, there's a lot we don't know, and it was, you know, it was a bit, a bit of a funny one. Well, what's well, the typical procedure as you understand it? When well, I mean, goes to- yeah, you sort of, yeah, here are the number. you know, at some point the discussion is made with generally the equipment staff, and they go, hey, what number do you want, and what number's available, and, um... I'd like this one. Yeah, that is. So, you know, I mean, I, I the thing in all this is that, like, it's, you know, Patty O'Neill and Brian Hamilton, like, would know. So they feel it feels like there was a step missing here. Yeah. Um, that, that an announcement was made before they kind of ran it by those guys. Right. Because um, if it gets to Patty or Red, they say to Ian, look, 28's available. It, just so you know, hasn't been worn since Luke Bourdon yeah. passed tragically. Yeah. Maybe All we should make a phone years call. Ago. Like, I, yeah, you know, like I don't get, the, yeah. And, and then the player makes the choice from that point forward, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It just felt like it was, you know, it's it's a pretty simple process, and um, but usually there's a few little reasons why, you know. I mean, in the end, like we all know, there's a reason why the number eleven has only been given, well, has only been given out once. Um, was it given out or was it requested or demanded well, to similar to right? similar effects, right? I yeah. mean, people have the same problems. Yeah, and so, it's, I mean, I, I, this is not, I don't think it's a defense of this organization, but it's not like it's the first time this organization has not checked in, you know? Like, I I, I, I have no idea. I, I, I have no idea, you know, how the Burdon family would feel about this. Um, but, yeah, that, well, it, it just there was just steps missed, and it, it was just it's sort of like, what? what it's the middle of summer. Why are you rushing this out? Like, get it. Just get all your ducks in a row. Yeah. Well, it, it, Patrick, is is this a, also a function of the fact that there's not a lot of people in that front office anymore who are sort of of Canucks culture and understand British Columbia yeah. and Canucks culture and history and story? Yeah. Is that, uh, yeah. That at least I mean, has to go through the comms department. The comms department does have people that know the story. So yeah. that, I mean, that, I, that's the comms department that's pointing that out. Putting that out. I will point out that a few years ago, uh, actually, no, the Sedin season, um, they set up those lockers before they were, the, the Sedin retirement season. So before the mm-hmm. retirement ceremony, they set up these locker room spaces up on the, I think it's 300. And they've got the, the, the retire, at least they had the retired sort of stalls. So they had Bray and Linden and Smeal and Asland. Um, and then they set the Sedins around, sort of just around next to it. And... In the display, they had a bunch of old gear, you know, sort of simulated old gear, mm-hmm. know, old Cooper helmets mm-hmm. and things like that. And I actually looked up and noticed that the white helmets were missing the Canucks decals, which, you know, and I'm not going to lie, guys. I've, you know, I've, I've always been a detail guy on that kind of thing. Um, and I know most people don't notice, you yeah. know, I, mm-hmm. I care about these things. And most people are like, oh, where, where's the game tomorrow? You yeah. know? Um, you know, and I used to joke like you talk to players, and you, you kind of chat back, chat, chat back and forth with them. And you know, I used to, you'd get these questions. You, sometimes they'd ask you questions, and I used to sort of mention them, but like, you know, it's always a reminder that 
hockey players have no idea what's going on, you know. And and I think most people are just kind of like, huh. And I noticed that this was missing, and I kind of quietly mentioned it to someone on the Canucks staff. Hmm. And they looked, and they were actually kind of, they were mortified that they themselves had missed it. And then they fix it, and the sticker's gone, and it looks fine. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, so from that standpoint, like, nothing surprises me anymore when details get missed. It's not good. Uh, you should have people who are good at this stuff, and you should value those people. And I'm just puffing my chest out about, about this a little bit, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, 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 missing out on things like this is not unique. This is not, again, not a defense of any of this, because it's like, get it right the first time. Um, but, yeah, I, I kind of was like, oh, yeah, I'm They not used to be very this. good. They yeah. used to be very good on details, uh, I, I must say. Uh all righty, sir. Well, I'll tell you what. In, unless you think that there is something um, we're missing on the Kalamazoo ECHL affiliation. <laughs> big news. Being big renewed. News. Well, and, and, it's a minor one. I mean, I, I I said on the weekend, like, or was it Monday? When was Monday, it? Monday, yeah. It was Monday, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think they, they, they've had an informal agreement the last two years. I mean, they had three guys there last year. In general, the guys that end up in your East that spend time in the ECHL generally are not going to make it. But oh, goalies, but the Alex Burrows, Alex Burrows, Alex Burrows rule. You know, and Kyle goals. Burrows played some time. Like there are guys that that, that happens. Like you, you know, there are, there are there are reasons for it to happen. I mean, I had a hilarious Colin Dealing and I had a hilarious conversation about you know a similar story. His first year in the, in pro hockey, he played in the East Coast League, and he said, you know, you're just sitting there, and there's you all of a sudden hear these guys in the dressing room, and they're trying to figure out who are they going to spear on the other team. Oh, wow. because there's because you know you've got guys that are trying to like basically. <laughs> pump up their penalty minutes so that they have a chance to be sort of a tough guy in the AHL. Like it is slap shot. The wow. Danbury trashers. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. But, yeah. but you know, there is a purpose. And I think in the end, you know, you look back to the, the Seeloff story in 2021, 20, 22, when they did, that was the first year they were, they, or they, they had been with Kalamazoo until the season before, but Kalamazoo didn't play, you know, blah, 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 blah. They didn't actually have a formal agreement. He ended up playing, in which is was affiliated with the Jets and the Habs, if I understood correctly. Um, but you know, you're looking for someone to do you a favor, and and that's not you, you would in the end when you have an affiliation, you say, yes. our guy is coming to you, and he right. is going to play exactly. And, so they uh, have an extra goalie. They're going to need probably some ice time for one right. of their goalies. Um, that's what it's about, I think. More than that's why I asked you the question. Uh, if you've got the goalie overload, then the ECHL yeah. becomes an important uh, yeah. affiliation. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, for the most part, there's not a lot of there there. No. Uh, Patrick, thank you very much for this. Until next Tuesday, my friend. Take care, guys. Some price from Wall Center presentation of the Applewood Auto Group and hashtags the best and worst of Twitter is brought to you by Jason Hominick at Jason.mortgage. When you contact Jason Hominick, you actually talk to, well, Jason Hominick. There's no middleman, no staffer responding to your email. It's Jason himself with the best advice on mortgages. Get that personal touch from someone who works for you and not the banks. Find him at Jason.mortgage. Um, we'll start with this one from Gord Miller at G Miller TSN. Hearing Seattle, Tampa, and Vegas are also interested in hosting the 2026 World Juniors 
in the United States. This is quote tweeting a report that the St. Louis Sports Commission and St. Louis Blues have put together a coalition bid to host the 2026 World Juniors as well. So that's St. Louis, Seattle, Tampa, and Vegas. Yeah. Tampa, of course, has hosted Frozen Fours. Uh, and and I, I'm curious about all four of these markets. I think all four of these markets are interesting experiments mm-hmm. for the World Junior experience. I uh, I think Tampa Christmas time will be overrun with Canadians. Usually is, so not the worst idea. Seattle's a border town. They've had great success in border towns. Yeah, they'll get the Vancouver audience traveling for down. sure. They'll yeah. get the BC and Western Canadian audience. St. Louis is a little more interesting. It's a hardcore hockey market. If they can well, tap into their market, um, I mean, yeah, I, man, all the junior players that it, come it, out of it, St. Louis, it, it, it's it, the hot. It's bed. got it's got a it's got a pretty good development system with a lot of ex Blues running travel teams and things like that. Uh, it doesn't have the NBA, so it's more hockey than some other markets. But yeah, no, I, I think and Vegas would just be a gathering you, place. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you have to go to the U.S. for a World Juniors. Any of those markets, frankly, for me, were interesting enough to give it a shot. And they haven't veered away from the Buffaloes, mm-hmm. North Dakotas of the world yet. They haven't well, really I think, tried. I think North Dakota might be a little too small. Yeah, now, now for, for sure. World Juniors, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Buffalo is uh, pound for pound, I think, the best hockey market in the U.S. in yeah. terms of grassroots all the have way they up. They did a Boston one. To the NHL. Well, they have done Boston in the past. It was years and years ago. 1996. Yeah. yeah so yeah. not really in the modern era. I, I think Boston yeah. would work too. Blake, were you covering the 2018 one in Buffalo when they did the outdoor yep. game? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Was he froze his, took us off with Mike Whittingham. Yeah. <laughs> was a sideline reporter. They were actually, Mike was so insistent that. Mm. They call the game with the windows open. Aye. And normally I'm four windows open. Sure. Being part of Grey Cup Radio over yes. the years we've had, the, I wouldn't say the debate because I, I wasn't a party to it. Rod Black and Julio Caravada decided one way or the 30. other. Yeah. Close the damn windows. At Mariners on Tap, Shohei Otani shoulder shrug when asked about playing in Seattle for the Mariners next year. Never has a shoulder shrug ever made me so happy. So needless to say, the Angel star got peppered with questions about his future home this week down at the All-Star game in Seattle. And let's face it, if he is going to be on the move, and of course with Mike Trout hurt now, the Angels have to do a assessment of are we still in this thing through the end? I mean, I think they could argue right now they're still in wildcard contention. But if he is on the move... Look, all the big markets would be in on this, right? Your New Yorks, your Chicago's, your Boston's, your L.A.'s. Mm -hmm. But the Mariners have a long and illustrious history of connecting with Japanese baseball. From ownership down, really. Of course, Japanese owned at one point. Ichiro, I think it's fair to say the biggest Japanese star to come over and forge a Major League Baseball career. You wonder whether the Mariners have it in them because they've got a pretty good farm system and some pretty good young players, or whether the Angels would even entertain an in-division trade like that. Or if they have to move them, do they say, let's just get them the heck out of the American League, and especially the American League West? Yeah. Yeah, like trading in-division. Like, you'd have to be crazy. He, He will definitely come back to haunt you. Yeah. The question is, do you get enough? Do you get enough of a return that it also floats your boat where you're competitive 
mm-hmm. at the top of that division, which you have not been with the two best players in baseball. But what's the cost to acquire potentially oh, the best player oh, in the sports I mean, I can history? Only imagine your like, top ten prospects. Well, I, I I I was gonna say I would think for sure one of Gilbert Kirby, Miller or Wu, one of those fine young starting pitchers. I mean. Then I think you're probably looking at another good roster player and probably go back to the Juan Soto trade last yeah. year yeah. from D.C. and San Diego and, and I'd structure it somewhat on that. And the play. Padres had one of the best farm systems in the league at yep. the time, too, right? So yep. they had the capital to make it. Speaking on this, did you guys see this incident with Felix Bautista with the Seattle radio host going up to him and asking him, do you feel like you're the real King Felix? Just a super awkward moment. Batista could barely speak English. He like no. went up to him with a video on the on the field. Yeah, not not the best look. Yeah, I saw there was some hubbub that he that that you know that nickname was being used. It's just Dave Mahler, I believe. Yeah, Softy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, who's pretty sarcastic? Yeah, I didn't. But the rocket has been used in hockey for a bunch of different players. You know, like those damn radio guys always stirring up controversy. What's with that? <sighs> At Sawyer Hackett, one month after the Saudi... Jim, are you interested in P.K. Subban? One month after the Saudi-backed Live Golf League announced a merger with the PGA Tour, they've moved their championship tournament to Trump's Doral Resort. Stunningly blatant corruption. The Saudis are funneling billions to the Trump family. Um, They're doing it out in the open now, aren't they? They just feel emboldened. This comes on a day when... They're actually before Congress right now talking about all this. And uh, Rand Paul used it, uh, the uh, opportunity to bring NIL deals in NCAA to the forefront today as well, saying that NIL deals were just creating rap stars. Ah, okay. So that uh, that wasn't racially tinged at no, all, was not it? No, not in the least. No. Not in the least. At Andy B. Larson, he works for the Salt Lake City Tribune. Big interview yesterday from Ryan Smith, the owner of the Utah Jazz in the NBA, but also Real Salt Lake in MLS. He gets asked a bunch of questions, most of them basketball-related, some of them baseball-related because they're interested in maybe an expansion team there, and Manfred has confirmed they're going to expand. And then they throw a hockey question at him. Here's the tweet. Finally, Smith said he spoke to NHL Commish Gary Bettman last week. Quote, he's got a situation in Phoenix, but we're not exclusively into that. It's hard to be when you look at the way hockey's done expansion. They do it better than anyone else. I suppose I suppose I would say that too if I saw an expansion team in year six win the championship right. and a second year team make it to the final eight. But is there a clue there, Blake, that Salt Lake City is an expansion team and not a relocation candidate for the Arizona Coyotes? Oh, to God, thirty-four teams. Like, when does it end? When does it end? Are you gonna have a fifty-two team league in a few years? Like, like when does it end? I don't know. Well, I mean, I would think it ends at thirty-four. Yeah, we said that Gary about thirty, Batman. and we said that at thirty-two. Yeah. They got two teamitis mm-hmm. at offside DH. Someone is documenting every Blue Jays player's Starbucks order. How do they compare with yours? I just this is good investigative journalism. Her name is Maddie, and where, she, where is she getting the info? She's talking to them. She's she's oh. tracking them down oh, somehow. Gosh. And she's logging it. 
Eric Swanson, black cold brew. Sometimes the sweet cream cold foam on top really doesn't like the new Oleato cold foam brew. Jordan Romano, black cold brew. Nothing fancy in his words. Mm. Kevin Biggio, latte with oat milk. Sometimes with almond milk instead. Jose Barrios, latte with almond milk. Tim Meza, black cold brew. Seen a trend with the relievers, she says. <laughs> <laughs> and that's hashtags for today. Joined now by Caps midfielder and Canadian international Ali Ahmed. Good to see you. How I'm are good. you? Thank you guys for having me. How are you guys doing? We're fantastic. We're fantastic. It has been quite a season for you. Um, <laughs> when you look back at what's happened here uh, in 2023, what are some of the first things that pop to mind for you? Um, a lot, actually. Honestly, uh, you know, I don't think I've had too much time to soak it all up. But uh, like you said, uh, honestly, a lot has been happening. Uh, and I don't even think we're, the 2023 calendar year is finished yet. And, you know, I'm, I'm blessed with everything that's happened to me. You know, you know obviously, I just coming off my first uh, international call-up, which was honestly probably the biggest thing that happened to me this year and probably not even just this year and and forever maybe but uh but yeah it's just just blessed to be in this position i uh i remember stepping on the pitch at bc place for the intra squad game not this past year the year previous inside bc place stadium Mm -hmm. and it felt like we were all just coming back from the pandemic and um you know it's an intra squad game me and paul dolan were watching it we thought now what are we going to see here today we're like the only thing that really stood out in a rather kind of like a blah day afternoon to BC plays was that Ali Ahmed kid. He's there's something there. Uh, smash cut to here. Um, it's been quite a quite a ride here, man. I, what what do you say about the ability to calm the nerves? Because your first MLS match, your first international match, your first elimination international match against the Americans. Yeah. Um, you seem pretty unflappable. Where did that come from? Where did that ability to to uh, not care about the moment mm-hmm. come from? Because it's one thing to have the skill, but that's a different kind of yeah. skill to be able to to calm yourself down. Yeah, no, I agree big time with you. I think you know, like you said, the, the game is actually. I think it's uh, it's a big mental. The mental the mental game is huge. You know, because I would say, like you said, that if you're if you're kind of nervous and and you're not confident and you're you, you're feeling shaky. It kind of will offset your ability to do the best, you know, what, what mm-hmm. you could do, and I understand that. So, you know, whenever you know, like a big moment, I honestly just try to forget about the moment, forget about how big the moment is, and you know, just and just do what I usually do, and just you know, prepare the same and everything, and and you know, as soon as I would say, I'm not gonna lie and say I don't get nervous at all. You know, there's moments for sure. You know, you put on that Canada jersey. And you're and you're just like shaking your head, like wow, you know. But mm-hmm. as soon as you get on the pitch, man, honestly, I just you know, especially especially after you complete that first pass, man, you um, you completely forget about everything. You just lock in and and you just play like you've been playing like for years, you know. Like like our our coach John Herdman, you know, he, he gets us he gets us going, and you know, one of the things that you know, kind of 
uh, stuck with me was, you know, uh, pregame. He, he, you know, he told us just just be that young, yeah, that young yourself. You know, just have fun, go out there and enjoy. And that's what I, that's all I try to do. Just you know, I go out in the pitch and just you know, and just have fun, man. Let me take you back to May, Ali. Um, Langford State, uh, Langford Starlight Stadium, and the concussion you suffered. Everybody in shock at that moment. Vanny Sartini saying the team was in shock that really the game didn't much matter after that. They just wanted to make sure you were okay. What do you remember from that evening? And, and tell us about the comeback here because uh, it's been wonderful to see you make the strides and get back to the pitch so quickly. Uh, definitely scary moment, man. That 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 day, uh, May twenty fourth. I scored a I scored a goal, which hasn't happened too much. <laughs> but uh, you know, when I when I when I seen seen the clip and everything, uh, you know, I was I thought I might be I might be out for you know a long time, and kind of you know I did I didn't know the Gold Cup was coming up, and I felt like I had a good chance if I continued, uh, you know, showing out well in the MLS. So I was a bit I was a bit heartbroken but uh you know after a couple of days you know the symptoms started going away quick so i started feeling good and uh you know uh, just just was trying to work my way back in into training and and get some training and get some reps in and you know i wanted to get some games and obviously before going to camp uh you know to get match fitness and and match sharpness but unfortunately i didn't but so you know i just treated the the matches as my my training, excuse me, my training as games. You know, just try to go into the training and and get that sharpness back, get that fitness back. Uh, and you know, thankfully, I was able to 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 get that. I would say I wouldn't say 100% match fitness, but you know, I was I was fit enough to go. You know, unfortunately, the game against Colorado was canceled. Uh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was hoping you'd get that under your belt. I was, so that I, was, you... I was I was excited to play that game. You know, yeah, playing against uh, and he was going against one of our teammates uh, in Moyes, and yeah. I was I was ex- I was really excited for that game. You know, I think that game would have helped. But you know, I didn't want to focus too much, and you know, you can't you can't put you don't want to put too much excuses, man. As pro- professionals, you you get put in a lot of situations where you know there's a lot of pressure but ali it, it didn't matter you started all four games like, you, like, you, you, yeah you, you just you got it didn't hurt you one iota you were a player of the match in your first canadian match you didn't need the colorado game after all is said and done um you know the uh did you have any moments in particular i guess the u.s game would be the game that had the most acclaim for you most brand names on the other side did you yeah. and and the cauldron of the stadium yeah, as well definitely. that was yeah that was a match. did that did that was there a couple moments where you're like okay this is big time now i'm, I'm playing international soccer yeah. <laughs> uh yeah definitely honestly when we're playing cuba um be honest I, I wanted the u.s you know as a kid living in canada those are your, your neighbors and uh, your, your your rivals you know we don't like the U.S., so, yeah. Uh, you know, I was excited to play against the USA. You know, growing up as a soccer player, you know, Canada-USA is, is mm-hmm. something you you dream about. So even leading up to the games, you know, I was talking to my, my family and friends and just saying, like, how, how, how special of a moment this, this is for me, you know, growing up watching this and, you know, even talking talking to some of the staff to be a part, even to be a part of that game was, was special. <sighs> definitely, definitely devastated the way it ended, man. That we had, yeah. Still, still in me right now. We uh, on the club side. It's a very important week. 
Yeah. Uh, you got a couple of home matches here, as we have long discussed. Uh, the home games get very thin between mm-hmm. late August mm-hmm. and, and September, so you're going to have to go out on the road and win some matches there. But before that, Austin tomorrow and L.A. on Saturday. What are you guys up against, Ali, and how important do you view these two matches? No, you said it, honestly. We we got you know a, a lot of away games upcoming, and you know we know it might be it's going to be a little tough to get uh, all all those points on the uh, on the on the road. So we got to take we got to take care of business over here at home. You know, every game every game we got left at home has to be three points. Uh, I'm, I'm, we're all positive it'll be three points. You know, we're feel, uh, the vibe is good. We're feeling good, and uh, we just got to take care of business. How many minutes on Wednesday? How many can you play? <laughs> uh, Ninety-five. You got 95 in you. Right answer. Correct answer. (laughs) We'll tell Vanny. Yeah. We'll we'll make it so for you. Don't worry. Ali, uh, delightful conversation. Fantastic to see you back on the pitch and healthy first and foremost. Best of luck against Austin in this week. Appreciate this, my friend. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Bryce from Wall Center. You can text us 778-402-9680. It's the Great Clips text message inbox. Great Clips. It is going to be great. Errors and omissions from yesterday's show. Grady, I understand we have uh, some write-in O's. We do. Uh, Steve in the inbox says, Airs and O's on Blake, Jeff, and Grady for Monday. Big time omission. No mention of Mike Woods winning a stage at the Tour de France. He's only the third Canadian in 110 years to win a stage. Yeah, funny. Honestly, Mm -hmm. um, on all my follows on Twitter, uh, I I didn't even know that had happened. Wow. Like, that's where the Tour de France is reached now in terms of reach in North America. Mm-hmm. There's it's, a new reality even, show about it I've seen on Netflix, like in the drive to survive vein, but somebody I talked to had watched it and said they were nonplussed by it. But I um, uh yeah, I, I can't say I was riveted. I, mm-hmm. I checked in on it. But needless to say a huge sporting event, so uh, mm-hmm. across the world. So well done on the Canadian Mike Woods. I'm self reporting last week early in the week I said Canadian women's National team starts two weeks from Friday at the World Cup. It was two weeks from Thursday. Their first game is the 20th mm. opening day, match day. Yeah. Bodog line of the daytime with Blake Price. Bodog, your source for casino games, poker strategy, sports odds. So you like what you got. Speaking of uh, footy, Julian Gressel, uh, the uh, white cap on that one side of the ledger, Javien Brown on the other side of the bracket at the uh, Gold Cup, Taking on Panama in the semifinal and anytime goal scorer Julian Gressel paying out a plus three sixty. On your Bodog line of the day. Thanks for listening, everybody. A reminder to follow us and Rankwide wherever you get your podcast. And please do support the community sponsors you hear us talking about. Keep it local.